With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, the podcast that remembers being told that these things even themselves out over the season. This week on Heart and Hand, except, of course, when it's us. Welcome to Art and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar, as always, and I'm joined this week by two magnificent examples of staunch manliness. First of all, the lovely Mr. Ian Hogg. Good afternoon, sir. Uh, fine fettle, one hopes. And joined by the lustrous and wonderful Mr. Martin Ramsey. Hello, hello, gentlemen. How are we? Not too bad, because the Teds have passed a test, and it's been a while since we've had a tough away match where there was something riding on it, where it was important for momentum, where it was important, I think, to not only show that we were capable of going there and winning, but going there and winning when the pressure was on. And Martin, it felt, as we watched the match, like so many trips to Tynecastle over the years where you know that losing's not an option, but it it's a cauldron. The, the place is going barmy. And some Rangers teams... The ones that win things have gone there and handled it. And other Rangers teams, the ones that don't, have gone there and wilted. And it was nice to see it being in the former camp rather than the latter. No, absolutely. We've got, um, as a support, I guess, some recent scar at Tynecastle. Um, and it was it was exactly that. Yesterday it was a good atmosphere. Um, it was up the very, very back of that stand. Um, and it looked... Like it was going to be one of those kind of days again, we were getting sucked into their game, which isn't particularly pretty. Um, but we found some kind of resolve. We, we got ourselves back into it, and then we, we just grew and grew and grew as the, the game went on, and that, that's the real takeaway. Hoggy, I, I would agree with Martin. I thought the first 20 minutes, we just weren't in it. Let's be honest. Hearts had the ball. Um, we weren't doing a lot with it, I think, due to our back four. I thought had a, a really good afternoon. They, they were the part of the team that could say that they turned up the whole match. But... Hearts still were dominating the ball, it kept coming back, they 
kept getting to the edge of the box. Made one good chance and forced a superb save from Alan McGregor. I, I suppose we're just getting used to having a goalkeeper who can do that as a routine act these days again. But uh, good header from Zoom and he got up there and somehow... It's actually an even better save when you watch it back on replay, folks. Watched it again this morning, the full match, and it was a tremendous stop because it is landing in the perfect spot. He somehow gets back and claws it up and over because it would have been very easy to just get a hand and turn it in. And then I, I thought, Hoggy, through sheer weight of that pressure on the edge of the box... They were always going to carve out something. They put a nice one-touch move together in the edge of the box after we'd failed to clear on a couple of occasions. Uh, Ovia Jaria gave the ball away and then missed the tackle to, to get it back. And good ball in, corridor of uncertainty. Uh, Gareth McCauley goes for it again with the wrong foot. You know, should have learned from Moscow and, and Connor. But uh, to be fair, it's unlucky. Slices it up into his own net. And at that point, didn't look good. No, it didn't. It didn't. You know, the first half hour. I, I, I think um, I was probably a wee bit unfair in the team yesterday, saying they didn't show for the first half hour. They did. It's just the the the, the key guys in the midfield had failed to come out of the dressing room. The white guys, the defence, and and Morelos was you know really putting on a good shift. But Hearts were coming through the centre. We were misplacing passes. We were missing tackles, and they were. Um, they were doing what Hearts do. Hearts like to mix it up. And as Martin said, they kind of dragged us down a little bit. Um, we'd actually missed a chance, I think, just before Hearts scored from a, a breakaway and Candace robs the... I can't, I can't mind the guy's name, the, their fullback. Mitchell. And then play, Mitchell, that's the one. And then plays just about an inch-perfect uh, long cross to Morelos. I haven't watched it back about eight times now. Morelos could have cushioned it down to Arfield, he's the only one breaking into the box and he's got pretty much an open goal Morelos tries a shot, scuffs it and away it goes, but their 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 goal was, it was just that kind of incessant pressure it was actually a very good one-touch passing move to be fair to Harps, they're, they're not exactly known for that these days um, and McCauley does, he goes for it with his, I think um, it's fired across, McLean's just behind him, McCauley goes for it with his right foot rather than his left if he goes for it with his left, it gets cleared away. Uh, it goes for it, you know, and it skips up off his foot and into the corner of the net. And at that point, you are thinking, God, we, we started hideously, certainly through the centre of the park. It's 1-0. They, they're going to really come at us now. But that that didn't really happen. It's almost as if Hearts then sat back and thought, right, we'll see what you've got now. Hongi makes a good point there, Martin. Uh, we had this, if you like, this square round the pitch that was playing quite well, which was the back four, the two white men and Morelos. And when they got the ball, they were working hard, they were trying to create, they were managing to do so, they were clearing, they were all doing what they were supposed to do. But then in the middle, for the first 25 minutes, we had absolutely nothing. They were totally bypassed, couldn't get near the Hearts players. Anytime they got the ball, the Hearts players were right on them and won the ball off. And it's the old thing about, in Scotland, do you have the mentality to understand that they can't play like this for 90 minutes, they will fade, but we've got mm. to ride this out. And again, I keep going back to, to old Rangers, because I've seen this match at Tynecastle before, I've seen it so many times, that they are going to have a spell in the game. We're not good enough, we don't have good enough players to dominate 90 minutes every match against sides who are bang up for it. There will be periods in the season, in matches, where teams go out like that, with everything they've got, all guns blazing. But credit to them after being bypassed I thought they did fight their way into the match as it went on and in fact from half an hour I thought Rangers were pretty dominant 
Oh, we were as a team, um, and you're right that that's that's Tincastle. I think was it Stephen Miller's Facebook page um, on this day, '95. Uh, exactly the same kind of performance. It was a two-nil win. Goals coming late on. Um, Gascoigne's influence becoming more and more prevalent, and it's <laughs> nothing's much uh, has changed in the the the, the past twenty odd years. Um, yeah, you're right, and that's probably the reason that we, we did get sucked into a different kind of game uh, when you don't have that midfield dominance, you don't have that midfield presence. And I thought we, we, we fought the fuck all the way through the, the game. Um, I'm not sure how often you can rely on that over the course of a season. Um, we, we do need to dictate the tempo from the start, maybe once or twice. Um, but that that's kind of where we are. That's kind of where we are after one window. I guess my position is we have built a title winning defence including the goalie we have in Morelos and Lafferty and our interchangeable wide men probably a title winning attack and if you want to include Arfield with that because he plays that high up the pitch but in midfield we're not even we're not in the same postcode as that really and that that's it's just the next step it's the next piece of the jigsaw it was never going to just all fall into place in, in one transfer window um but you boys touched on it in the update yesterday. We came in two or three down in that first period. Mm. No, it was. And it you was can't rely. Same at uh, Lost Street Show Mage at St Mum a couple of weeks ago. Um, we don't start these games well. Patience is fine, um, but you, you need to keep everything dry for a while in order to, to show the class, show the, the fitness um, and the experience by the end. And it's, it's no use if you're, you're, you're two or three down. We've got a, a goalkeeper that stops that. They are. Weaker, considerably weaker, let's be honest, than they were at the start of the season. I think if Naismith playing the, the other boy um, up easy. front, yeah. we've got a different game. Um, but we, we we got a handle back in the game and we the second half, we, I just don't think we looked in, in any trouble. No, we didn't. Um, Hearts uh, didn't force a save from the goalkeeper in the second half. But Rangers do come back into it, um, get one back from a corner after Ovi Ajaria has had one off the line. It was very mm. unlucky, great bit of defending and sometimes you just have to... Because at first I thought, oh, he should have done a bit better with the header and then I looked at him and no, he couldn't have. He's he's done exactly what he needed to do with the ball coming at him like that. He's controlled it, he's got a bit of power in it, um, headed it back. It was just good defending. Boy was alert, alive to it and then composed enough to, to get away. But Rangers then, great delivery from Tav Hoggy who was... Back on it when it came to set pieces, he almost scored with a free kick not long after. But delivers a good ball. Connor Goldson goes in as a shot saved by the keeper, but he's there for the rebound, thighs it up or knees it up, well, one part of the body anyway, up into the the top of the goal. And what was different to me was there was a feeling, and Martin can maybe express it, but better than I because he was there. The Hearts fans, rather than going okay, let's get back into it, there was this kind of oh no. And that's something that's different this season with Rangers, where there is a, a starting to get back that feeling of they're going to go and win this now. And I had it at one each. I thought, oh, we're going to go on and win this now. And that is new. It is, or, or at least it's returning. Um, it was it was a good period of pressure from us. And it felt as if, it felt as if the goal was inevitable. Maybe that's me looking back on it with kind of tinted specs. But... Um, Goldson sticks it in. What was really interesting was Goldson's um, uh, celebration. Standing there with his arms outstretched, just lapping up the Hearts fans, giving them pelters. 
And and that leads me on to answering your question, David, around the, the you know, what's new. Well, basically, we're doing teams over now. Yes, we, yes we've got a tendency to start poorly, but we're now doing it consistently that we're beating teams, we're keeping clean sheets generally, um, and teams are fearing us, especially going forward, but also wondering if they're going to be able to score. It was really telling yesterday that I've got, I've got a good mate who's a Hearts fan, and uh, all he could do after the game, and we'll come on to the after the game, all he could do after the game was moan his tits off about Morelos fouling, about Morelos' celebrations, and about how Conor Golson should have been booked for outstretching his arm and smiling at the, the, the Hearts' support. That tells you everything about the mindset around Rangers at the minute. People are scared of, what's, of, of what Rangers are going to turn up. Just a couple of things, sorry, on, on what you've said there, Hoggy. The first goal I didn't feel was inevitable, but the second was. And that's new, or we're returning to what, what used to be the case. We, we talked in the summer uh, about the, the issues with previous squads and expectations. The pressure of playing at Ibrooks and the demands that our support place on them, and the pressure of playing in stadiums like Tynecastle, these difficult, tricky away grounds, regardless of how in form or out of form those teams are at the time we visit and our teams in the past couple of years have wilted they've been crushed they're better players than they showed at these occasions because psychologically they were crushed by it and what we said I think it was one of the summer live shows is that we needed players for whom such an occasion is fuel Mm. and Goldson's response is exactly that and it wasn't just a response being wise after the event how he talked in the Friday presser, I think. Yep. That's exactly it. It's give us more of this. Give us the pressure. Give us a, a ground bane for our blood and we will eat and drink it and convert it into what a Rangers team should be. For those who don't know what Conor Goldson said before it was, this is a team who don't like us, we don't like them and we know what kind of atmosphere we're going into and we'll thrive on it. And he was right, they did. And I wonder if that comes from the manager because obviously he was you know, a very visible figure in his career. Away grounds, he was always the, if you like, the, the leaf motif of that Liverpool side and the city and everything that goes along with that. And I think that he's aware in a way that previous managers weren't of big club and what it's like when you're at a big club and I think that for instance Ali just assumed that the players would understand that and would handle it that they would realise well I'm at Rangers now and this is part and parcel of it and they never did and I think that we've had other managers since you didn't understand it you know they, they maybe spoke about it but they didn't quite get that you need to have your players aware look you're hated and it does matter can't just ignore it you've got to respond to it there are two ways of responding to it you thrive or you hide and we had we, we saw too many Rangers players who hid on those occasions because they, they simply did not get their head around how they were supposed to handle it and they shrank from it whereas I think that the manager has been banging on to them about this and the reason I say that lads is that look how often in a post-match interview the players will say a phrase that the manager has used in his post-match interview, it happens a lot. Or players from different countries will use a phrase that, that that a teammate from another country is you. And it makes me think that he's drilling this into them. Like a couple of weeks ago, after Motherwell, he said, oh, we were relentless. 
and Daniel Kinday said we were relentless and Gareth McCauley said we were relentless and I thought no that's that's not coincidence that's a, a, an unusual word for all of them to to reach for and it made me think and I do and we had examples of that yesterday that the manager and the coaching team are drilling certain things into them constantly as much about mindset hoggy as it is about you know, four three three, and we need you to do this. I think there is a focus on this is a specific psychological challenge as well as being a football challenge, and you've got to master both sides of it. Stephen Gerrard can play football. Gary McAllister can be, play football. Michael Beale can coach football. You know, th- those things are are givens. What we're, I think, what we're really seeing is the that mentality side being, as you say, drilled in. Um, but also embraced by by the squad under Gerard. Um, I think what we're seeing here is, and Martin, you can stop me if you feel I'm going over the score as you often do. Um, I, I think what we're seeing here is almost the kind of visible growth of a team and a team ethic and a team mentality and also a siege mentality in front of our very eyes. Yesterday, after the half hour, once we kind of shook ourselves out of our lethargy, and, and we need to sort that, Martin, absolutely. But from that point on, we were in control. Even at ten men, we were we were fine. We were generally okay. Um, at the end of the game, the players are all up there as one. A wee boy runs in the park, and he's embraced as opposed to kind of shooed away. Um, the manager was visibly delighted. And you know, really over the moon. There's a team who you know, me- mental strength I think is being rammed into these guys as a positive, but also also at, at a kind of team level, that mental toughness is really starting to shine through. So it's it's um, I don't know whether it's something that's not been uh, particularly well taught or embraced or whatever in the past six seven years. Uh, but it certainly is now. And for, for me, the difference is just night and day. Compare that lot yesterday to us getting humped 4-1 at Tynecastle in February uh, 2017 under Robert. Yeah. I mean, it was night and day, you're absolutely right. And that was the match, or both the Warburton matches that kept coming back to me, especially after Hearts made their, their quick start. And Martin, you and I discussed this a lot when we are talking about uh, we do a show on our network, folks, where we talk about uh, the English Premiership called When the Seagulls Follow the Trawler. It's excellent. You should sign up, 199, patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. And uh, one of the things we talk about is the difficulty certain managers have if they are siege, me- uh, siege mentality managers when they go to huge clubs because it's more difficult to generate. Well, because of the unique circumstances, not only of Rangers, but Scottish football and Scotland itself as a society, it is possible with us. And I, I do think that the manager has grasped that yeah, uh, you're right. There's a, a kind of perfect storm there, um, but it's nothing particularly new, was it? I mean, soon as used it quite a fair bit um, in, in terms of you know, no one likes us and, and all that. Um, the difference in, in the, the, the past has just been the, the, this guy has stature. It was always one of the things that none of us had any issues with the appointment. Um, it, it was his his ability to fill the job, ability to fill the blazer, uh, and ability to carry um, the team forward mentally and and instill that belief. There probably will be a, a a balance for someone with that kind of stature, that kind of reputation. Um, 
filling people with confidence and belief and getting them sometimes on a stage where they're too overawed by the fact he is their manager, especially midfield players. Um, that that'd be a tricky thing for for him to to juggle. Like all great players who become managers, they, they will struggle to appreciate mere mortals. Um, but it, it's it, it worked yesterday. It has worked at various, especially in Europe. Um, but you can you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think that's the first domestic afternoon that I've enjoyed like that. We've seen it in Europe a few times. We saw it in Spain, particularly. But I can't think of a a domestic game this season where we've been under this or just come through that 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 kind of test and shown that kind of togetherness. Um, and it, it bodes well. But again, there's a balance, and the, the discipline which I'm sure will come on to as well is is something we need to to be mindful of because it's great that you get players who are running or willing to run through brick walls and, and stand up for each other and, and go for any loose ball that might be available um, but there's no real use to in the stands No, um, we will come to that but Rangers did take the lead um, and it was our goal scoring genius Alfredo Morelos great ball in from Tav from a free kick Alfredo uh, ran to the front of the offside line and clipped it in with just a gorgeous <laughs> little caressed finish into the far corner Now you may have heard this, and Hoggy, I mean, it's not like BT Sport went on about it much. He lolled. Um, he was offside, and the goal was given. Now, that's, I make it, the first of four goals Alfie has had that's been offside this season. Three of them were on. Balancing out over a season, we're told that. Well, we weren't yesterday, we were told uh, terrible decision, Hugely offside. They went on and on for a good 45 minutes about the goal then in the post-match. Yeah, he was offside, but you would have thought that this was the greatest injustice perpetrated on society since the the, the Bernie Madoff scandal. It was ludicrous. Um, Yeah, it was. First and foremost on the goal, it was was a, a good ball in from Tav. Uh, and it was a cracking finish. I it takes a wee nick off of um, the Australian white guy, I can't remember his name, from Hearts. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Shocker. Uh, David. Um, Ross, it was Ross, Ross Jack, mate. It was Ross Jack. No, 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 no. It was Jack Ryan. Yeah. Um, flies into the corner. Morelos goes away and celebrates. Starts going slightly over the score and Halliday pulls him away and, and, and away they go. Uh, the the whole bleating about it, um, and I watched the game on TV, the whole the whole bleating about it started getting on my tits a little bit. But then it's it's usual, it's lazy hatred of Rangers. Let's call it for what it is. Rob McLean and uh, Michael Stewart, lazy hatred of Rangers. And Kevin Thompson started some barbed comments to them as well. Um, incidentally, they didn't ever highlight, I think, bar one uh, replay. They never highlighted the second. No, they didn't. Did, that was given offside. Yeah, they didn't show a replay of that at all. But, you know, it's it's um, for, me, for me with Morelos, what we're seeing now is pundits and opposition fans alike had made their minds up. He was crap and a hothead, and he wasn't worth the bother, so we should get shot of him. Um, we, on the other hand, we knew he was a good striker, but we wondered if the histrionics and the bookings were worth it. And this season started, and he got one or two bookings, and now he's cut that out. You know, he, he's, and he's, he's 
being refereed differently. We've talked about that before. And we've, he's had bookings for very little. For example, against the United, he's booked for waving an arm in the second half. Halliday does much, much worse and there's no booking. He's just away, waved away, incidentally, by Bobby, Bobby Madden. So he has changed. He's staying on the ground when he's fouled. He's walking away. He's still giving a bit back to supporters, but he's not crossing the line. Arthur Cox, David, when he was manager of Derby County, you remember he bought Dean Saunders in 1988 for a million quid? Yes. Saunders was known as a real hothead. And Arthur Cox simply said to him, you've got partisan press and opposition fans. They don't give bad players stick. And this is what we've got here with Morelos. That coupled with that kind of, I'll call it, naked hatred of Rangers from um, crap pundits and commentators... So, Morelos, and we will come on to it, I'm sure, but, you know, he's, he's crossed the line before with fouls or losing the plot. Partisan pundits and opposition fans, they, they seem to want him hung, drawn and quartered. But yesterday, when he doesn't cross the line with fouls and he doesn't lose the plot, instead, he's the one winding folk up when, and, and they've taken the bait. Um, a bit like Scott Brown might do. Partisan pundits and the opposition fans want him hung, drawn and quartered. Frankly, I love that. I love the total and utter hypocrisy uh, that, that, that surrounds it. It's a fair point, Martin, that unfortunately I've seen Lee Griffiths, for example, score quite a few goals against my side in the last few seasons. And I've never once seen him score one of those goals without running up to the support and gesturing to me and my mates that we're all anchors. Um, yet you do not hear about that. It's not hothead Lee Griffiths. It's... <laughs> It's bordering on xenophobia. Um, no, it's bordering on Rangers have a striker who could do damage now. If 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 Hearts or Hibs had, had signed Alfredo Morelos from nowhere and scouted him the, the way we did, and he'd, he'd he'd performed exactly the same way, he he would be getting plaudits from everywhere. Not by the colour of his skin. Nobody's background is who he plays for, and this the thought that if he could get another couple of things clicking into gear, he could spearhead a title challenge. We've talked about it for years. The minute we're top of the league, we'll be back to refereeing conspiracies and and everything else. And lo and behold, what we're we talking about all weekend. Mm. I think I, I think that's. That's bang on, Martin. Yes, I think there's 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 two other elements to it for me. Um, one is those pundits and also the opposition fans who believe said pundits. They had started at a conclusion, a conclusion of Morelos is a hothead, diddy, mm-hmm. and now, now because it's Scotland and because of the type of talk sport s pundits that we've got. They can't. They feel that they can't change that opinion, and they can't change the narrative, and therefore it's almost as if that's where I, I, I do think David is 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 right. It's a combination of things, however, and I do think that funny foreigner piece, mm. irrespective of the colour of his skin, the funny foreigner piece, therefore, does come into play with the whole. We think he's a hothead, diddy, and therefore we've got to work back the way. Then it gets cranked up, of course, when Rangers win, Rangers go top of the league, and fucking hell, it's just as well Scotland has games on a, a full programme on Wednesday night. Otherwise, you'd still be hearing about this next Friday. Don't you think there's a bit of the... Bear with me, a bit of the drug about him? 
in the way he plays and um, very much into all sorts of games rather than than than, than just football. Um, and and he got a hard time in England. For a while, he used to dive a fair bit, but it, it took maybe a, a less partisan public um, a while to, to kind of warm to him. Um, but Hoggy's point, uh, just about getting getting abuse, you do it because you're good, or fans do it because you're good, and that's their that's their worry. Um, and he's not a, a shrinking violet, so he will create headlines just with the nature of of his personality, with the nature of the way he plays the game anyway. Um, and if you're for that team, you're going to love it. And if you've a vested interest in that team not performing well, that's a threat to that. I do think that's true, Martin, but I do th- also agree with Augie. I think there is the element of, oh, the wee funny foreigner from the strange country. And in terms of your... Uh, suspicion if he played for another club he'd be raving about him possibly but I think there is always an element of if you come from Northern Europe um, you're far more likely to get that than, no, I, I, that's fair, that's fair yeah, I think it would be culturally be they don't understand it yeah it would be light hearted but that doesn't make it any better um, yeah. I think that it, it's a at best they go to their, their book of cliches you only need to look at Jackson's article about you know Rangers scored a good deal for him when they yeah, sound yeah. you know, and all that kind of shit. That's what they go into. It's not out and out racism, but it's xenophobia. It's casual cliches. It's going back to, you know, the the equivalent of saying that we all wear kilts and and you know yeah. our grey paper. It's bad. It's bad writing. It is so bad. It's bad it's, writing. Yeah, it's, it's never it's never been anything but in this country. So, um, listen, he he will he will generate. Stories he will he will generate debate because that's the way he plays his game, you know he yeah. he puts himself about he is up to it just as 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 much as intelligent centre halves will give uh, give it back to him and that's fine. We and needed- he's learning to curb it um, a lot more than he used to. I still felt I don't know if it was captured on telly, but certainly in the, the early parts I was a bit worried he was he was flying about a fair bit, um, and and I did wonder if he was kind of uh, bubbling. Um, under, um, but what difference a goal can make? What difference the, the tone of the game can make? And he was just having fun with it for pretty much two thirds of the game. But we needed someone like him. Let's let's not oh, be about the bush. We needed not just a talented striker, but because of the atmosphere that can, goes around our games and the way it affects opposition players and their desire to ingratiate themselves with their home crowd, we needed somebody who's talented, a bit of a bastard. And enjoys that side of the game. Enjoys winding up the opposition fans. Says to them, "Come on, then. You know, let, let's let's play that game. Fine." He loves that, and that's why I would hate Alfredo Morelos who played for a, a rival club. Totally admit it. Absolutely, yeah, would. I would. I'd hate him, but he doesn't. He plays for us, and I fucking love him. Yeah. Uh, yes, we are all Alfredo Morelos. I think, uh, David. What we'll see now, however, going back to that Arthur Cox piece on, on Dean Saunders, whether it's whether it's a funny foreigner routine or more so because he is banging them in. Um, seven league games on the, on the trot going into Aberdeen, he scored. And he's bang on fire. And he's a bloody good player. And I think the country's woken up to that. Watch out for this narrative being cranked up over the next three and a half weeks. Pressure applied to control the narrative 
and the outcomes by the likes of the two pundits that we mentioned, Rob McLean and, and Michael Stewart and more. Um, I think over the next three weeks we're going to see every dirty trick in the book to try and ensure he's not available for the Celtic game. No, it wouldn't surprise me, but uh, into the second half, and Rangers' better side, Hearts uh, trying to get something going but just couldn't, running into a blue wall at the back. Excellent displays from all four defenders. Uh, we special word to Connor Goldson, who was terrific, and uh, Andy Halliday, who I thought had a great game. He's covering round, was superb yesterday. And Rangers were with Tav rampaging up the right, breaking on them. Could have been, could have put the game to bed. I actually thought it was looking like a four-one. I thought that they were yeah. going to huff and puff, and we were going to go and smack a couple in. And then it changed, although didn't obviously alter the game as it turned out. But Rangers on the break. Daniel Kandias has a shot. Keeper saves it, palms it out. Alfie gets it on target, but the keeper gets back and stops it going over the line. And Scott Arfield runs in to challenge for what he thinks is a loose ball. Unfortunately, by the time he gets there, the keeper has the ball and he goes into the keeper. I thought at the time it was a red card. I watched it back. I know that some people disagree, but he goes right into him. And the referee has to judge the legitimacy of the tackle. He goes right into the goalkeeper who's prone on the ground with the ball in his hands. I'm not sure, blue-tinted specs or not, Martin, it looked a red card to me and, and I haven't seen it now 10, 12 times. I, I haven't changed my opinion and nor, I think, as a manager. No, it's one of those ones where there's maybe a technical debate around it after the, after the point, but in real time, and even if VR was, was there and... and Madden can could have another few looks. I I think he's coming to the same conclusion. Um, it it was full thrust, and you're just never getting away with that with goalkeepers. I don't know. Well, it was clearly instinctive. Thought the ball was maybe going to maybe going to spill out, and therefore he'd be just be touching it in legally. Um, but. I don't think there was a lot of, of thought behind it. It was one of those kind of instinctive uh, charges for it. Um, I, I've got no complaints with, with, with the red card. I didn't at the time. Um, yeah, I think there could be a technical debate, but I think it's academic. It's it's one you're never getting away with. Yeah, I think that some Rangers fans that I've seen have, have gone down that route of saying, well, the keeper doesn't have the ball in his hand at the time and therefore, and it's maybe his momentum that takes him in, there's no intent, all those kind of things. That's one of the big red herrings in football, hockey, when people say, well, there's no intent. Well, of course there isn't. Nobody intends to go in and foul somebody. Well, 90% of the time. It's mistimed. You still get booked for it. You still get punished. In terms of it maybe being a yellow, perhaps, I could kind of see that, but I, I just always go on, had that been a Hearts player in Alan McGregor, what would I have wanted? And I would have wanted a red card. It's as simple as that. So I've got to be honest on here. We try to be as honest as we can. We don't try to just cheerlead. Cliche alert, Scott Arfield is not that type of player, which he's not. <laughs> but I, I agree. I just thought it was a rush of blood. He's thought for a second he could get to the ball. By the time he realises he can't, it is too late for him to pull out. But then he has gone into a prone goalkeeper holding the ball. I'm not quite sure what the referee could have done, Hoggy. Um, it's excessive force. Yeah, that's the key. I thought, uh, and and by the laws of the game, uh, not the rules, pedantic cog uh, in the house. Um, by by the laws of the game, excessive force is a red card. He slides in from about ten yards away. That's that that's that. And I get what he's trying to do. If it's nineteen eighty six, um, 
Well, well, no, against... remember, he's, he's remembering the Graham Roberts goal against the Well, it wasn't Roberts that scored it against the United, where I think Hamish McAlpine had the ball and he went and two footed him on the ground. <laughs> Quite rightly, Hamish McAlpine let the ball go and Ali tapped it in. <laughs> so, um, yes, it's maybe not those days. I get what he was trying to do because uh, Zabal or, or Zlimal. Uh, Limal, he used to be the bass player on Kajagugu. Indeed. Um, only he's cut his hair. He didn't quite have it under control. Arfield starts his slide from about 10 yards away, but he gets it under control. Um, and then it's these. Unfortunately, I think what Arfield's done is realise he's clattered in the keeper, almost brought his knees up a little bit to try and lessen the impact mm. for Scott for Scott Arfield. Um, and he's gone right into the keeper's head. It's For me, it's a red card. Interestingly, however, on BT, Martin, I don't know if you know this, um, on BT, they went to their um, re- video ref in the van and the ref said it should have been a yellow card. Well, I, th- I, heard that. I think that, that if that's the case, I'm wrong, and I will happily admit it. And Rangers should appeal it if referees would say no. Technically, it's a yellow. Then we'll take it. But if anything was like that was to happen to Alan McGregor, I would certainly be screaming for a red. But watch the game back this morning, gents, and thrilled to how Rangers played that last twenty minutes. Gaffer had made good substitutions. Jack and McCrory entered the fray. And talk about control. One of my cliche theories, Martin, is that you always get one chance when you're chasing a game. Hearts didn't. Hearts didn't. It wasn't for the lack of trying. But Rangers, Kyle Lafferty as well would come on, took the ball, took it in at the corners, kept it, kept doing that time after time. And if you actually look at the last couple of minutes, when by all rights and by all our experiences previously at, at Tynecastle, it should have been like the Alamo round about our goal it really was not the game was getting played and they just grew more and more frustrated because they couldn't lay a glove on us it was a wonderful display of game management it was and again the scar tissue in the stands is like oh fuck here we go um, we are going to be hanging on by our fingertips because that's A it's Tynecastle and B it's not the first time this season um, Aberdeen and Motherwell springing readily to mind with, with great speed but we had learned the substitutes were smarter you and I I think um, with the first one were a wee bit uh, dubious <laughs> about um, how uh, effective that was going to be but they, they were intelligent subs unlike Petaudry and unlike Furpart we didn't just aimlessly batter the ball up knowing that it's coming straight back down our throat we we had two players in, in Lafferty and Morelos who could hold the ball up well and at a certain level of the pitch could be quite intelligent with how they used it um, and we looked genuinely dangerous whereas the other two games uh, as, as they were on we, we, we didn't look that, like that at all and Macaulay makes a big difference to that, that back line he allows Golton to shine instead of Golton maybe feeling like he was the babysitter um, in, in other similar scenarios this season. Um, and it's just a further signs of learning, further signs of progress, and further signs to be confident that when we go on our travels, not even just through the season, but this very difficult month, uh, month that we're going to be able to stand up to that. We're not just going to be panicked into 
sending the ball back down the pitch, knowing that it's coming down our way. I thought we game management's exactly the 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 the, the, the correct phrase, David. We used it when we haven't already this season. So that that's progress already. And then the game finishes. Great victory for Rangers, Hoggy. We're all very happy. Top of the league, passed this test as as we spoke about right at the start. But then came Hearts' post-match uh, tears. There's no other word for it. Craig Levine, fuming, said they were playing 12 men. Well, even so, Craig, for the last 20, you were only playing 11, so, you know. Um, and Christoph Berra, who <laughs> really threw the, the, the toys at the die. He played quite well in terms of he'd commanded the ball well, but Morelos clearly got the better of him throughout the match. But he said... Uh, Yes, uh, he must have eyes in the back of his head because every time the ball gets hit, he's looking at me, he's not looking at the ball. And also that Kyle Lafferty should remember what Hearts did for him because he was upset with his celebrations after the match. Uh, sour grapes or do they have a point? You know the answer, David. It's, it's, it's sour grapes. And, you know, I, I like, as I said, this 2018 version of Old Father Levine. Um, I think he's he's been on his own banter years tour uh, with Hearts, especially when it comes to Hibs and Celtic. Yesterday, yesterday, I think he started to engage in lazy buck passing and hypocritical, hypocritical nonsense because he was doing the whole law of woe is us, or they started kicking us, it wasn't fair, um, Morelos should have been sent off, uh, how dare anyone tackle us? Look at the stats. We had more possession. We had 17 shots in goal to their five. Uh, we had 10 corners to their five. They committed 17 fouls. We committed 12. I've watched the Berra and Morelos uh, tussle again this morning. And it's six of one, half a dozen of the other, uh, to use that old cliche. The other one that's interesting I want to bring up is, and it's, th- this is the my hypocritical um, accusation towards Mr Levine, that... 17 fouls from Harps. They didn't get a card. And that included uh, the, the, the kid, Claire. Mm, I was going to that, right, yeah. Right in over, up and over the ball and into just below Koulibaly's left knee. There was a red card every single day of the week. The kid didn't even get booked. So maybe, you know, take those, take those maroon, <laughs> maroon-tinted specks off. And I get that it's, it's, it's an emotional game. Of course it is. It just stank of um, lazy buck passing because if I'm if I'm Craig Levine, I'm looking at my side and thinking, where was the first half hour's performance for the next hour? Because they basically just shrank into themselves and didn't they hardly come out in the second half? Like you say, they didn't even lay a glove on us. Yes, our game management was great, but you would have expected the Alamo in the last ten minutes never ever came. So I'd be more disappointed with that than I would be uh, big bad Alfredo Morelos bullying my defenders. That was a he, shocker of a tackle, Martin, from Claire. I couldn't believe that he stayed on the field for that because we see it all the time. We saw it match of the day on Saturday night that you don't even need to connect with your opponent for that to be a red card. If you do the stamping down motion, then yeah. you are a judge to be out of control, which you are, incidentally, and endangering an opponent, which you are. Um, well, he did connect, and the studs went right down poor Lasana, our Lasana Koulibaly's leg, um, and it was so high that there's no way he can't see what's happened, or that he thinks well he's gone in and played the ball. When the foot comes down at that angle, it's a red card. We know this. This is the rule. 
Yeah, it was a nonsense decision. Not even to get a booking was was even more incredible. But but Hoggy's right to highlight the hypocrisy, and it, it it does my head. And maybe it's just growing up when we were successful, coming back from games, listening to Radio Clyde, and the tone of the open line and and the pundits there. It makes me uncomfortable when we are quick to blame referees. Um. Because you, you've got to be fair, otherwise you look stupid. If you play the way Hearts play, you can't moan about a striker indulging in a bit of, of, of giving it back. Is that you actually a you point? Can't, you can't indulge in a striker that size. And Berra, I thought he played quite well, certainly with the ball in the air. Yeah, he did. I don't think we were overly intelligent, actually, with how we, how we we attacked from, from wide because he was just winning every fucking ball. Um in, in some instances, um, but you, you can't, you, you can't possibly with a, a straight face complain about a wee striker or you know, whatever side Manila says, just giving a bit back when you set up that way. You can't, with a straight face, with any kind of authority or integrity, moan about an offside decision when a clear Rangers breakaway was stopped when. Morelos was what two, three, three yards, yards on side, two yards minimum. But isn't You've that is that part of the, the is that part of the bigger issue, Martin? That teams really fucking hate when Rangers match them physically. That that's yes. you know because it's almost like no, this is our thing. You're not allowed to do this. And when now you have a Rangers team that let's face it, the last couple of years, particularly last season, we were bullied. We were easy to bully because we did not like it up as. But now that we've got Rangers players that go, okay, right, this is how we're doing it today, fine, we'll, we'll do this. They really cannot handle that. No, because they can't handle the fact we're not dead. And they've accepted the fact that we've been back in the top flight for the last two years. But two things, we've had players that have been substandard, so no need to worry. And we've been mentally weak. So... When both of those are, are now being shown to be turned around, there's there's just panic. There's there's complaints. It's almost throwing the hands up and say, "Well, sorry, what what's going on here? I thought we'd this this sorted." And it's exactly back to that. And it's maybe why Morelos attracts the opprobrium that he does is because he is both talented and he's prepared to mix it. And it's like you know, you know, we 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 decided the rules. You know, you're you're yeah. all back in as long as you're powder puff. And when it comes to the crunch, we we we'll outfight you, and because of that, we'll we'll outplay you. Um, and it's but you you guys been banging on through the banter years through everything else. Once there is a tiny sign, the glimmer of hope that that Rangers might be back, and that manifests itself by sitting at the top of the table in December. It's it's just moaning and moaning. And uh, about referees, uh, about everything else, um, because this w- was not supposed to be like this. But better, the better was particularly uh, amusing to read last night at his, his post-match interview. You know, Kyle. La- it, and and uh, what I will say, David, is listeners to BT Sport yesterday won't actually know that his second name is Better. We no, only know him by Christoph. Yes. Um, thanks, Michael Stewart. Um, you know, Lafferty was too happy at winning. How dare he? Morelos fouled me three times. 
So you got to, you've, uh, my only hope is that poor Christoph's mummy took him to McDonald's today for a happy meal. And Lafferty applauded when he came on, um, when he was warming up. He applauded the whole the whole stadium, as far as I could see. Um, but yeah, it's again the, the rules are the rules have been changed now, and we're changing them, and that 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 doesn't sit. Well. No, absolutely. Okay then, folks, uh, we'll move on because we've got a big match coming up on Wednesday. Aberdeen come to Ibrox and they come off the back of a cup final defeat, um, possibly the least surprising event of the millennium so far, uh, with the, their manager, Derek McInnes, saying we're just happy to have reached another cup final, which is uh, yet another reason why he would never have done for us. But... Uh, before we, we get to Cocky and oh, we'll hammer them and he's a wee loser, they did knock us out of said cup and they will play in exactly the same way, I would have thought, Hoggy. Um, yeah, they will. They'll 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 go along. They'll try and rough us up a little bit. Um, the weekend shows that we're up for that fight. The key difference, of course, is we're going to have a centre-forward and... Um, I was going to say with all due respect to Umar Sadiq, but I'm not entirely sure I can say that with a straight face. We will not have Umar up front. We'll have either Alfredo Morelos um, or Kyle Lafferty. And I'm almost 1,000% sure it'll be Alfredo. Uh, we'll have a proper spine to the team. Uh, if we go out and play like we did for after half an hour yesterday, if we play like that on Wednesday night, we will win. And when we win, not if, um, I'm looking forward, in fact, I can't wait to hear that whole stadium singing We Shall Not Be Moved because that was like sex on legs yesterday. Martin, is it that simple? Because I must admit that I am really, really confident about this match and Aberdeen fans who could quite rightly say to me, look, last time we played, you just didn't, trouble our goalkeeper much we won 1-0 who's to say that won't happen again and my answer would be Morelos it's, it really is that simple to me that it's like different game yeah it is that simple I mean you, you, the two of you have, have nailed the obvious um, we we didn't have a, a threat at Hamden and the rest of the team knew that they should have stood up themselves it can't ever just be one man but uh, we were we were blunt Um I'll be interested to see again how we start Wednesday night. Um, I've got a thing about not so much at home, um, but it, we we need to be we need to feel our way in still a bit too often for me. Um, if we're up for it, we win. And the the manager clearly his comments prior to the weekend is still hurting the fact we're not we weren't in that final. We didn't have that opportunity. I imagine that will play a lot of part, uh, or a big part in the, the, the preparations for, for Wednesday night. And I expect us to to be on it, and if we're on it, we win. Um, and again, it might just be, be the, the, the scar tissue and everything else. I'm far more concerned about Sunday without Morelos and awkward little trips like that than I am about Aberdeen at home. Yeah, it's, it's funny, I, I just... No disrespect meant to Aberdeen, but, well, yeah, plenty. Uh, fuck them. So, moving on, I have a big announcement. Are you excited, both of you? Very. Good, I'm glad to hear that. You sound excited, Martin. Um, we are returning to Ibrox Stadium for another live show, and this time we're bringing a friend, none other than friend of the show, Kevin Thompson. Yep, Kevin will be back with us, joining the panel, so to speak, 
and uh, you two guys will both be up there as well. Uh, anyone who's seen Kev at one of our live shows know that he gets involved. He's not standoffish and uh, he gives out as good as he gets and he does get a fair bit from us. Uh, he's got some wonderful stories, plenty of which cannot be told on pods, um, but it can only be shared at live shows. And of course, it'll be done in the beautiful surroundings of Ibrox Stadium. Are you looking forward to that, gentlemen? Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. 100%. Oh, the, the previous shows there were superb. Uh, crowd was excellent. The settings, David, we mm. played at Ibrox. Um, and now we get to do it, we, we get to play at Ibrox with Kev. It is, uh, yeah, can't wait. No, absolutely. It's going to be great. Uh, tickets are £20 and will be on sale from tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Um, there's a pre-sale to our Patreon 3 tier subscribers from 1 o'clock tomorrow. And then tickets will go on sale. Link will be on my Twitter at IbroxRocks and on our Facebook page, which is just heart and hand. Search for it on Facebook. Um, perfect Christmas present if you want to bring people along, hand them, hand them the ticket for that. And it's a good Christmas present because you can give them the money or give them the ticket and get one for yourself, and then you've got an excuse. Uh, February the 1st, so after the payday in January, so it won't be the end of the month when you're totally rooked, uh, come along, you'll have a great night, meet Kev, he'll sign anything, and it's a wonderful occasion, so keep your eyes peeled for that, folks. Okay, lads, just before we wrap up then, it's time for this week's Total Hartson Award. Um, I will start with you, Martin. Who has done something so stupid, or said something so idiotic, that it could have come from the mind and the mouth of one John Hartson Esquire? Um, I, th- I think I repeat offender on this show. Augie's alluded to something before. This inability in Scottish football, and let's be honest, around the world, to say, no, I've got that wrong, to change a position, to, to back down. Uh, and, and, and Michael Stewart just continues um, to tie himself in the kind of knots that, that Houdini would be, be proud of. Um, uh, I, I wasn't uh, listening to him live, thankfully, but I, I have uh, been filled in a few few bits and pieces uh, over the course of yesterday. Um, he just will not let it lie. He, he just will not um, see sense and just just be a reasonable, impartial broadcaster and say, you know what, I had some preconceptions about um, a certain player uh, or the new Rangers manager and. I might be wrong, guys. Um, I'm, I'm willing to reassess as time goes on because I'm a fucking journalist and that's that's really the point. Of course, he's not, and that's why, but um, no, it's Michael Stewart for me. Okay, you know, um, it's, it's hard to argue. Uh, I could never give him it because he's Ali and I love him, but Ali, for fuck's sake, it's Morelos, right? Morelos. Morelos, not Morales. Okay? Just... Yeah, I, was, I wasn't watching, um, David, but did McCoy give him stick for... Winding up the crowd? Uh, no, this wasn't yesterday. This was uh, when I watched the game. Oh, back. no, in Villarreal game. Yeah, yeah. um, more loss, more loss. Um, but uh, Ali's not a big one for. He doesn't like people. Um, he doesn't like people winding up the crowd. Just says it. you can't win if you do that. So. He's fine with Lennon doing it, though. Well, yeah, but uh, uh, you're, you're kicking off a, a whole hornet's nest here, Martin. Turn your hate tweets to Martin Ramsey, not to me, folks. Uh, I love Ali. Okay, Hoggy, yours? Uh, I can only imagine that uh, Michael Stewart's inability to change his mind has got something to do with biomechanics. Um, mine will be, it's a lazy one, but it's Christoph Berra. Um, when he says yesterday, uh, I enjoyed it, I don't mind it. Every time I've played against Alfredo Morelos, I've enjoyed the battle. There were fouls at both ends. 
I won most of the balls. I didn't lose any headers, so I think I came out on top. Yes, <laughs> it, it looked that way, Christoph. Also, um, he he didn't mind it, but he bleated for about fourteen paragraphs about yeah. it. So, uh, Christoph Berra is my hearts of the week. Uh, I'm going to take us all the way to Georgia um, and to FC Dyla. They were fined £150 after a dog held up their game with Torpedo Kutasi by lying on its back in the box asking for belly rubs. Uh, the stadium manager Merabashavili said, I cannot explain it. During training, he likes to watch the process from the podium, but today, for some reason, he decided to join the players. He's just fond of football. So... I cannot believe the Georgian FA find them for that because, as Half Man Half Biscuit sung, even men with steel hearts love to see a dog on the pitch, right? There's not a feeling like seeing a dog on the pitch. It's the best thing in the whole world is seeing a dog on the pitch. And it, the dog wasn't causing any bother. He just ran into the, the, the six-yard box and lay on his back asking for belly rubs from the goalie. Who obliged? Find them They should have gave them A fucking award So They would be up for it But I'm going to give it To Christoph Berra Because you need to read These comments folks Hoggy says He finishes every paragraph Of the 39 He he created By saying I'm not complaining about it But They would then start The next one You know He does that Oh I like a physical contest But it's a bit much This is a quote But five, six, seven occasions you don't like a physical contest then, Christoph. And uh, after you've lost and the guy scored a goal to say you won the battle is just a idiotic. So well done, Christoph Berra. Uh, you're this week's Total Heartson Award winner. OK, folks, that'll do us for this week. Well, not for this week. We'll be back on Thursday after the Aberdeen match. But uh, it'll do us for today. Now, if you want to hear more from us, and why wouldn't you? You can come to our Patreon site, patreon.com forward slash heart and hand where we, you will find up to five shows every single day on all things Rangers, all things football, and some other things as well. Um, you can have a laugh, you can have a rant, you can do anything in the company of like-minded souls like us. Um, and with Christmas coming up, why not go to heartandhand.co.uk and buy some shite? We have a full range of branded crap, t-shirts, mugs, you name it. If there's a, a stocking filler at a reasonable price, then get it from us. Why not, I say. That's everything from us this week. Just time to thank our executive producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee and Paul Miles. Thank my two guests today. First of all, Ian Hogg. Stocking filler, you say? <laughs> not, in, not in the way you think. And Martin Ramsey. Pleasure, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Thursday. Till then, stay staunch. Bye. Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.